One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. This is Paige, the co host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving Olive in June. Olive in June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. This is Talksport Daily. Hello, happy Tuesday, and welcome to yet another Andy Goldstein's Talksport Daily podcast with me, your host, Andy Goldstein. And we started the podcast with Katie Price's ex husband, Simon Jordan. He went on a rant about Manchester United, and here we go after their awful defeat to Crystal Palace at the weekend. You'll also hear from Danny Murphy as well as the wonderful Laura Woods and the former United assistant manager, Steve McLaren, who were both on breakfast. But first up, it's Katie Price's ex. Irrespective of what you need to strengthen, you add 650 million pounds of players on that pitch against a team that has 150 million pounds of players. You don't need to strengthen with respect to beat Crystal Palace. You need to perform to a certain level. Crystal Palace were what Crystal Palace do at times. Very organised, very well versed in what their job was and very, very counterintuitive about attacking on the front foot when they get an opportunity to do so. Mm. Yeah. Manchester United were dreadful. You know, Karen Maguire turns like an ocean liner, you know, and they take a time to turn. And you see that in an instance, an £80 million footballer that can't move. Whether that's psychologically because right now he's got all the baggage in the world or whether it's because he needs a centre-half alongside him that's quicker to help accommodate or complement some of the things he can't do. Man United were poor. It's inconceivable why you wouldn't pay Aaron Wampasaka to shut Wilfred Zara up. I think Oli is the first person that people criticise for, for example, like what Gabby's done, said he's too soft, he's, he's not um, vocal enough in the dressing room, he doesn't come across like he's got a firm enough hand. He'll always be compared to Sir Alex Ferguson and so will anyone that ever takes that position. I do think it's too early to judge. I really do. I think it's their first game back officially. Um, they barely had really a preseason. He has shown that he can, with patience, and Manchester United have done so well in that respect, that they can buy the right players. The run that they went on to get in that top four because they were nowhere near at the present moment to deliver in Europe to nearly get to an FA Cup final is nearly there. We can look at the managers and the tactics and we can talk about motivation to a degree. But a, a professional football player for Manchester United, there's a prerequisite needed and some attributes needed to play for Manchester United. Mm-hmm. Quality, obviously, which most of them have. But the application, the effort, the game management, the unwillingness to do the simple things was too much. It, it, was, it was inexcusable. So I think this morning... I put the focus purely on the players because that performance, I watched it, every minute of it. The application was not good enough. I don't care about quality. People can talk to me about the best players in the world. All the best players work as hard as everybody else. Here's the cross from the far post towards Andros Townsend, who's coming in at the back post, and he sticks the ball past David De Gea. At what point do one of the biggest clubs in the world turn to Ole Gunnar Solskjaer as a solution? for a problem that's well laid down over the last seven years. 
and is not getting any better that Man United are getting further and further away from clubs that are disappearing into the ether they haven't won the Premier League for 70% of a decade and whilst you know Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is a very decent football man you close your eyes and think when did Manchester United become a side that employs someone that has the track record and the capability of Ole Gunnar Solskjaer to bridge the gap against Manchester City against Liverpool against Barcelona against Bayern Munich against all of these so-called superpowers that Man United purport to be bigger than and the Crystal Palace manager Roy V. V. Hudson joined the White and Jordan show after he masterminded the win over United at the weekend. The words of producer Tom masterminded, not mine. Anyway, Jim asked him about the future of Wilfred Zaha, but Roy's stance has remained very, very much the same. He's under contract, he's not on a transfer list, and we don't want to sell him, so that's the situation. But of course, I would be naive if I said that a situation like that, where someone is on the transfer list, is under contract, and you know the club doesn't want to sell, doesn't mean that you get offers which are going to cause you some problems. But uh, at the moment, that hasn't happened. So I will continue to enjoy the work and enjoy having him available until such time as it, it changes, if it ever does. I look forward to going into working with him and. I'm a, a realist and I realise that if the club comes in and pays what the club thinks that he's worth and he desperately wants to go, it'll be hard for us to keep him. But until that situation arises, until that day comes, there's no point in me speculating on it. And I can even hope that because Wilf is a Palace man through and through, that he also will see what Danny has said he's seen, a team that could be getting better and looking to go forward and maybe he'll... Except that staying here isn't quite as bad as all that. Now, this is Andy Goldstein's Sports Bar with me, Andy Goldstein, alongside JVC, or as he's known in the trade, Jason Victor Cundy. He and I were looking back at Wolves up against Man City in the Premier League and doing other bits and pieces as well. It's now Wolverhampton Wanderers 1, Manchester City 3 and late on in this game now, City have put it to bed with uh, Gabriel Jesus, close range, acute angle. Wolves deserve something out of that second half and if you remember last season... Second half, yeah, but not the game. Yeah, but if you remember last season, Wolves were 2-0 down and they went on to win that game 3-2, so that would have been in their minds Manchester City. It was a hard-fought three points, it wasn't as easy as the scoreline would suggest, the best side won. But Wolves, they're a dangerous side, Wolves. Jimenez, brilliant header. Uh, Pedence, lovely cross, lovely piece of footwork. They'll cause a lot of teams a lot of problems, Wolves. Mm-hmm. I think Wolves fans will come away knowing they've been beaten by one of the best sides, the top two sides in the country. Yeah. So take a, take from that what you will. It's a, it's a defeat. Move on. Back now to breakfast. This is the Liverpool legend John Barnes on the Reds. 100% st- 100%? They've only played twice. Anyway, their start to the season. And also comparing Sadio Mane to himself. Oh, he's been fantastic. But as with anything else, I think that as we saw with Fernando Torres, Luis Suarez, if they stay there over a period of time, then he can compare any of them to any yeah. great players of the past. Whereas if he leaves at the end of the season or this season, he's been here for four years. But of course, in what he's done in the time he's been here has been absolutely sensational, Mane. Well, I think Manchester City's problems were their, their defenders, you know, because they score goals, they create chances, defensively they weren't great. So now they've shot up at the back. I think that what they think about Liverpool is that if they can keep their best 11, 12, 13 fit, yes, they can, they can win the league as they have done. But 
that normally happens throughout the season, you know, you go through a loss of form or, or players get injured, is the squad big enough and strong enough? That's why I think the bookies have looked at Manchester City's squad and then said, well, if they get injuries or they lose a bit of form, their squad can maintain what they have. Whereas they didn't have that faith in Liverpool. But I think now that we've made those two signings, it'll be much closer. I mean, I think those will be first and second. I don't know in what order, but I think it'll be much closer than last season. Now, earlier on Drive, Goffey and Adrian discussed the current high quality of football on Merseyside as both Liverpool and Everton took six points from the first two games. Everton also with a 100% record so far. Nonsense. Anyway, they then debated in a mass way who the current best player is between the two clubs. He was completely pulling the strings in the game. He was running the game from his position. He got a cracking goal uh, as well. James Rodriguez, left oh. footed shot from James Rodriguez. And one of the world's best players for so many years delivers his first Everton goal. And I know it's only two games, but right now he is the best performer of any of the players on Merseyside right now. James Rodriguez. Oh. I think he's been good, but I, I can't look beyond Mane. I'm sorry. I think Mane is just well against brilliant. ten men. Yeah, I, I still think he's just high quality, and he has been now for two seasons. And he started this season. Yes, first game, Salah got the the rewards, but when you look at Mane's performances every single week, he's up there eight. Yeah, but we're week. talking right now. Well, I'm saying right now, Mane is the best player. And if I can have one, Mane or Rodriguez, I'm having Mane. Why do you prefer Liverpool to Everton? <laughs> nothing to do with Well, you're a Liverpool, Liverpool fan now. Oh, of course I am, yeah. Oh, God, I'm a Liverpool <laughs> fan now. I'll be accused of it. Uh, but over the season, if he puts on performances over the season like that, I've just said to you, Everton, right up there. But Mane, I mean, let's not... I mean, this guy is quality. Every single work. OK, uh, Mane is quality, no doubt about that. Would you have Dominic Calvert-Lewin ahead of Firmino? At this moment, yes, of course. Now, you may remember that the former Aston Villa striker Gabby Agbonlahor said this in the last edition of the podcast about referee Mike Dean after he sent off West Brom manager Slavin Bilic. Mike Dean is the most arrogant fool you will ever see in not just referees, but in life yourself. I've never met anyone like him. Well, even the former head of referees, Keith Hackett, agreed with Gabby, which meant Simon Jordan, K. Price's ex, had to disagree with Hackett, obviously. For me, Mike Dean has overreacted. I know the guy quite well, but on this occasion, I think there was an element of arrogance. I mean, all he had to do was stop and manage the situation instead of trying to walk away from it. There was a manager who was upset, and managers do get upset, and part of the role of a referee is to try and control the individual and calm him down. And I think Dean was perfectly right in sending Gibbs off. I mean, Gibbs was stupid. That is a sending off offence. So he's, got, he's on solid ground. So all he has to do is stop and say, look, join me in the dressing room, come and have a chat, and I'll explain to you fully. And Slaven Bilic has been sent off as well during the half-time interval, walking 50 yards across the pitch to have his say with Mike Dean. Bilic shouldn't have confronted him, irrespective of whether he wanted to do it reasonably or unreasonably. He should have done it behind closed doors at half-time in the, in the, in the changing room, irrespective of whether their paths cross. It's like me saying to you, right... I'm an owner. I am furious with the managerial decisions that the manager's made. I'm going to go down to the change room at half-time and tell the manager what I think. I can't do that. I wouldn't do that. And I don't think it's right. I think Slavon Bilic has got to recognise the fact emotion and frustration and disappointment is one thing. Airing it in such a way where you give someone like Mike Dean, you give him an opportunity to behave in that fashion. 
Now, Aston Villa beat 10-man Sheffield United thanks to a dream debut by goalkeeper Emmy Martinez. We can hear now from Sheffield United's Chris Basham. But first, the Villa manager, Dean Smudgersmith. Lundstrom, and he's pushed around the post by Martinez. Wonderful save on his debut by Emiliano Martinez. Fantastic. It's a great save and what a great start. Um, you know, he's a great character, really strong personality, calm, assured, and you saw that tonight. He didn't have much to do, but what he did, he did well. Very good on the ball, but he knows how to play for a big club, and uh, we believe that we're a big club. Yeah, obviously we're hurting, but it's something that we've been hurting all our lives as footballers. We've, we've, we've been... We've been round the block for, for many years, so we, we'll be hurting, but we'll go again Wednesday at training. We'll, I'm sure we can put it right against Leeds in the Yorkshire derby that we're looking forward to go, going up against. Well, we've got a penalty for Sheffield United. It was Basham who went into the box. He was brought down a rash challenge by uh, Matt Target, the defender. If he made an effort to tackle and to win the ball, then that's when this double jeopardy rule comes in and it's a yellow card. But he's made no effort to... He can't He can't make an effort because the ball's too far away from him. There's a new rule in there, isn't there, with double jeopardy and the penalty had been given as he'd made a genuine attempt. Uh, I don't even think it was a genuine attempt. I think it was accidental where he's clipped his foot if he'd clipped it. So there was, there was certainly uh, no chance of a red for that. Now back now to driving after QPR decided to no longer take the knee before matches, some criticism had been aimed at the Championship Club. The QPR Director of Football, Les Ferdinand, issued a statement yesterday afternoon defending the decision and Adrian Durham said Ferdinand's comments were an education. Just to sum this up, white men running football don't want change. They don't want to give up power to anyone, especially black people who their ancestors believe were beneath them. Real change is needed. It's not knees, not badges, not T-shirts. And if you really, really care, take the time to go and read and understand every word Celez has said because he deserves a real knighthood off the back of that QPR statement today. It's fantastic stuff. Real change is needed. Back now to the wonderful Breakfast Show and more from Ali McCoist ranting about the new handball law. I'm reading the new rule, right? The new rule says unnaturally bigger and all that kind of stuff, right? And and and, and, and just give the referee the responsibility, right? Give him the responsibility to say, is that player trying to gain an advantage? It's as simple as that. And if he is, give a penalty. But the 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 decision to give Palace a penalty and then for him to retake it, it's just an absolute shambles, Woodsy. Mm. Honest to God, it makes me that angry. They're just taking <clears throat> decisions away from from referees and, and, as I say, making a complete and utter mockery of the game. It really is. It's shocking. I'm really annoyed at the new handball rule because I just don't think it's fair. Mm. And, and do you know something? People, players and coaches know what's a penalty and what's not a penalty. And there are penalties that have been given now that should never be anything like penalties. And it's got to get back to a bit of normality because some of the decisions are frankly embarrassing. Listen, (laughs) that's another one that drives me mental. Listen, your arm would be an unnatural position if it's detached from your body 14 yards away in the penalty box. That's an unnatural position. Listen, do you know something? I'm sticking my hand up like that right now. Do you know something, would you? It's quite natural for me to do that because I'm doing it. I mean, it's nonsense, unnatural position. 
It's attached to your body. That's what it's meant to move in that kind of fashion. So it's not na- unnatural. It's natural. If you left your arm in the dressing room and out for the second half, that would be unnatural. But if I happen to take it out with me still attached to my body, that's quite natural. I tell you what I want them to do. Just give the referee a simple decision. Is that a deliberate handball? Has that player tried to seek an advantage by using his hand? You know what I mean? Give the referee a wee bit of responsibility again. Right? Let him try and referee the game. He won't get it right all the time. Of course they won't. That's what happens. But make decisions. Make decisions that you believe are correct. Right? Mm-hmm. Don't look at that and run over to a television screen and say, Lindelof's hands there or, you know, or Doherty at Spurs, his hands there. And it's, a pe- it's not a penalty. He's not trying to seek an advantage. It's accidental. They've taken the accidental uh, phrase out the, the the new ruling at all. And going back to my show, and it goes to the Sports Bar, Monday to Thursday from 10pm, we had Gareth Bale's agent, Jonathan Barnett, on the show, talking all things... Uh... Oh, yeah, Gareth Bale. Yeah, I mean, it was fairly easy. and We had to, we went through a lot of things together, worked out of things. Tottenham is his love. He loves Tottenham. And so I think he had other choices, but at the end of the day, that's the one he, he wanted from circumstances made it a lot easier. I think it was all agreed that his career at Real Madrid was over. I think it was quite easy. Once we started, we realised it was serious and everything everything was good. It was a build-up, a build-up of clash of personalities, a build-up of not being supportive. It's just many different things. I think for somebody that's done as well and as great as he has for Real Madrid, he didn't get the respect he deserved. I think that was a big problem. And who else? Gareth Bale! Cap number 50 for Gareth Bale. I've been his agent since he was a very young boy and I'm so proud of him. And not just because of his achievements and everything else, but the way he does, he's become a great man and he's never said anything wrong. He's never done anything. His life has been exemplary, really. And I think people have, especially the press, which we are very angry about. I mean, even when he came here, one of the people, as soon as he landed, some newspaper, obviously I don't want to mention the name, Wrote, started writing articles about his family, his wife's family, mm. in the papers. I mean, it's, out, it's scandalous. The boy, the man, has never done... This country should be very proud of him. United and Great Britain should be very proud of mm. him and stop knocking him and write what he's done and what he's achieved. And it's very annoying. And it's the same with Real Madrid. What he's achieved for them, they should be kissing the floor that he walks on. Mm. Now, this is the Press Box with Danny Kelly and the son, Sean Custis. Talking all things football. I don't see actually how a lot of League One and League Two clubs will survive for much longer. What are they? What are they, are they earning? The, Where are they getting earnings from? They're living on fresh no, air, aren't they? It's, no, it actually, the air is a bad example, isn't it? Well, they've gone into. I mean, they're surviving because they've gone into hibernation. Effectively, yes. The problem is when they come out of hibernation and they play in front of. Um, they're playing in front of empty stadiums. And and, you and the know, players have been on furlough and all the rest of it. These are, but yeah. these are, um, while important measures, they are life supports. They are not a way forward. They are not. But if you were, a strategy. If, if you owned a League One or League Two club now, and you say, "Oh, we've got Plymouth away next week," God Almighty, I need a bus. I need a hotel. I need it. Mm. And there's no income coming from every. I've got to pay all these players. You no, imagine no. what the cost. And so, are every some, week? some of these local businessmen who own the clubs, we're going to. I just going to. They they will. I know they will. Um, they will just put their hand in their pocket and see the club yeah, right. For a but while. That, but that's half of them. That's not the rest of them, some of whom have unscrupulous owners. Some of them are owned by the community in different ways. They can't put their hand in their pocket in any way that I can see. Yeah, we'll keep an eye on this, but 
It's going to be a very, very difficult season for clubs mm. down there. And hopefully Macclesfield will find a way to regroup, reform um, and come back, you know, a bit like the Terminator. For another podcasting thing, a reminder we've got lots of live football coming up tonight. We have from 6 pm, late and Orient v Spurs in the Carabao Cup third round. And at the time of recording this link, that game was still on. Half past seven, you can hear live commentary of West Ham against Hull, also in the Carabao Cup third round, live on Talksport 2. And on Talksport, we'll be taking calls on my show, Andy Goldstein Sports, on Monday, Thursday, from 10 pm, after live commentary of Luton at home to the mighty Manchester United. Oh, we better not lose this one. That one kicks off at 8 15. That's it. I'm back, as I said, tonight from 10pm for more of the same. Taking your calls on all of that and a lot, lot more. And, of course, there'll be another one of these Andy Goldstein Talkable Daily Podcasts out first thing in the morning. Until then, my friends, be safe, everyone. Be safe. That was a podcast from TalkSport.